five, four, three, two, one. I don't even know what's happening. Put in sport mode and you're gonna fly. And just exactly how awesome it was to the mighty mighty Nissan GTR. You got the Mustang, the Camaro, the Challenger, the Corvette, the Viper. America. Damn, I forgot the bananas. I love this. And we'll do it live. Live, live. And we'll do it live. Hello, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday. No, it's not. It's Wednesday. I lied. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Welcome to the Top Speed dot com podcast how is everyone i am christian mo i'm going to take you on a wild and magical journey through automotive stuff time and space (laughs) space. i am joined today by justin coupler hello justin hello christian hello top speeders i hope everyone's having a wonderful hump day uh also joining us is mr mark McNabb. what's up guys hope your wednesday is humptastic (laughs) <laughs> we're off to a great start. We're, that sounds like a great means for something. Awesome, awesome start. Wow. All right. Cars well, and stuff. Uh, welcome to the topspeed.com podcast. Topspeed.com is your internet home for all the crazy, cool, and amazing things that are automotive-based. If it has a motor, we like to talk about it. Um, always, if you don't like watching us or you can't join us live... Uh, if you have a very, very busy life and you want the quickest way to get our podcast, you can sign up and subscribe to us on iTunes.com. There's a link in all the descriptions of all the thingies everywhere. You can you can find it somewhere, uh, or you can just search for Top Speed Podcast on your iTunes. I um, want to thank everyone who's watching us live, tuning in, giving us questions, comments, concerns. We like having new people around. And uh, also, I would just like to say I saw something cool on the website the other day. Uh, one of our new advertisements we've got at the top, is talking about a contest where you guys can win a set of headphones, and um, it's a new version of the headphones I have. So I thought that was that was kind of cool. These are SMS many, audio. How many times did you enter? No, 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 no. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't enter a contest. Like like these ones are, are mine, and these. Gosh, I got these like last July, so I've had them for like a year. But um, and I, I didn't enter our contest because I'm pretty sure that's illegal because it's on our site. No, nah. against the rules somewhere. If somebody wins them and you don't want them, you can send them to Christian Mo. <laughs> Always scavenging for something, man. You know what? I really like headphones. Greedy people. <laughs> I do. I, I, I really like headphones. Headphones and sunglasses. Check out my super ugly sunglasses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looks like right. they're going to this, is, this is supposed to be a show about cars. Let's talk about cars. Uh, we're going to start the show with our weekly wheels. Uh, I'll go first. I, I was going to let Justin go first, but I think I'll go first. Um, I have been driving the 2014 Toyota Prius V, and um, it doesn't suck, actually. Hybrid plus grocery gear, really? And it doesn't suck? <laughs> I know. Um, 
you guys will the review should be up later later today. Um, and you, you guys will see in the in the driving video that I do. But um, I, that if you want to, you can hoon that car and you can hoon it hard. Well, that's because it has bicycle tires on it with practically oil slathered all over them. <laughs> I know it's the best ever. <laughs> um, I and I, I say to my little video review like it. Reminds me of really sort of half terrible hot hatch kind of things like like the Fiat, you know the little Fiat 500. Everywhere you go, the engine is just wound out, just banging against the rev limiter, and you turn the wheel and the car is like sliding around this corner, and you look down and you're going like 33. <laughs> That's how the Prius is because it's got a CVT in it. So anytime you hit the pedal, it just winds that motor out. So you just have this, and the whole car is kind of vibrating. On. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah, and and then it's like tires are squealing, and I'm just like, holy crap! And then like I I look down and I'm like, I will never get arrested for this speed ever. <laughs> like I took this one turn that's a couple miles down the road, and I mean, like tires squeal the whole way around the corner. Like it sounds like if it was an outside video, it looks like I should be drifting around this corner. It's like it's how it sounds. And I'm going three miles an hour over the speed limit. That's it. <laughs> like, it was just... And I spent 500 miles doing that. Just driving everywhere like I am on fire. Push the little power button on the center console, and you stand on the pedal, and the car freaks out, and the tires will bark a little bit, and it just launches away like a scampering little puppy. And I still got 43 miles to the gallon out of it. Wow. See, that's a different story from my Prius that I drove. And I had the base model Prius, and it, it just... Did not do that at all. Um, yeah, it had a lot of CVT drone. It had a lot of, um, like, just not excitement altogether. I, I didn't feel any sort of hoon with this car at all. So I I guess the, the V is a different beast altogether, even though it's the same car. Maybe. I mean, yeah, they've got the same engine. Um, mine's same. actually heavier because it's bigger. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe you just Maybe's didn't try to hoon hard enough. I don't know. Did you do a 0-60 to 60 test on yours? Uh, I did, and multiple times. I got like eight and a half seconds or so, which is quicker than what Toyota says I should do, and it's about the same as I got in the Lexus. Okay, I don't know what's wrong with that car, because I did mine. Lighter car, same engine, and I did ten and a half seconds. Ten and a half seconds. Again, did you have power mode on? Yes. Okay. And the AC off. Oh, no, I had the... It's too hot to have the AC off. <laughs> but well, like, I did it just for the test. For the, for the sake of journalistic, like, awesomeness, right? I turned the AC off. And I live in South Florida, so, you know. Apparently, I'm not journalistically awesome enough fans of the show, and I apologize. But I'm um, so... Like, You're pressing the, the gas pedal on. me. Well, yeah, no, so so the gas got me. Because the window sticker here says, see that big old 42 right there? That's your combined number. This thing will do 44 in the city, 40 on the highway, 42 combined. I beat the living crap out of this car, thought I was going to have to replace the tires before I sent it back to Toyota, and I got 43. Like, I just, my, I can't wrap my brain around that. Especially because after having the Lexus last last week, where I drove everywhere in eco mode and I babied the crap out of it to try and see if I could get some decent economy, and I was ten percent off of the sticker. So apparently, I had a terrible Lexus and a great Prius, and Mark had a terrible Prius and a decent Lexus. Yes, that's how it worked. Um, I just I don't know. The, the Prius is a little expensive. 
Mine is $28,000. Um, but I have almost no options. So I'm a mid-trim car. Um, it's the level, like, they have a level 2, a level 3, and a level 5 for some reason. But um, I had the level 3, so I had uh, the slightly nicer dash stuff, and it does have a navigation system. Which, by the way, I didn't even know the car had freaking navigation, because you can't find it. No, On I dash, had the same problem. I had the same problem. So I spent the entire week with the car, and I'm like, wow, it would really be nice if I had navigation with this car. I have this big nav screen no navigation. And then on the last day I had it, the last day I looked at the sticker and I'm like, wait a minute, hang on now. Navigation. Where? And I went out to the car and I dug and I dug and dug and it's buried. It's so buried it's not even funny. It's like like home, applications, navigation, and then there it is. And right, it's yeah. the same way in your car. Mind. It's like every other car I've ever been in, there's a button right by the stereo that says navigation, yeah. <laughs> or sometimes it might say destination. Either way, there, or a map button. Like there is a button there. And it makes sense. Right. On on, on this, it's again, it's buried in that in that menu. And in every other Toyota and Lexus I've ever been in, the apps menu is completely solely for that Entune system yeah. that you have to hook up your iPhone to or your Android phone to, which to be honest, that system kind of sucks really hard. We talked about that in my Lexus review. But um, like, so I didn't even bother to go into that menu because I'm like, I'm not gonna re-download the app. I'm not gonna re-sign up with a new VIN, VIN number. I'm not gonna bother trying to do all the pairing again just to play with Pandora on there. I'll just Bluetooth it in. And uh, yeah, on the last day, I was trying to get pictures of everything, and so I'm fiddling through all the menus. I'm like, boom, right there, it says navigation. And I thought, well, maybe I have to have my phone attached to make that work because it's in the phone apps menu. And no, no, it, it's just there. That's just where they put it. But you know, the most ironic thing about the whole deal is that there, at least on my Prius, there's a blank out button right on the side of the radio, and it's like, maybe we should put a button here. Nah, nah, nah. just bear the navigation, the apps menu. <laughs> it's like. What are you thinking? Yeah, that's, no, that's I didn't. I, I didn't have a spare button at, at least. Yeah. Like that would have been really angry. Really, there's a blank button there, and you couldn't even use it. Yes, that's what it was. All right. Yeah. So, anyways, I got a Prius, and it was twenty-eight thousand dollars, and it has all the room in the world in the back. I drove it like an absolute idiot, and I still got great gas mileage. And while I still wouldn't buy a Prius over something like my Golf, if I was actually going to buy a Prius, it'd be that one right there. In a heartbeat. In the same pretty blue color, too, because I really like that blue. It's a nice dark blue. It's called, um, it's a terrible name. It's Blue Ribbon Metallic. Ooh. Yeah, it's really stupid. Wow. Yeah, it's a terrible <laughs> name. But it's really nice color. So, anyways, yes, I was in a Prius, and Mark was in a Lexus. And um, so, Mark, and tell me about your Lexus that I thought was super terrible. Okay, yeah, so... Christian and I, we 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 kind of traded cards a little bit on this. So the Lexus that he basically dogged in your video and in, in your review, I had the same one minus all-wheel drive and what, like one or two options. Minus uh, all-wheel drive and what, six thousand uh, dollars? Yeah. What was the option that you had on yours that I don't have on mine? Um, I don't even remember anymore. I oh, I had, um, so I got LED headlights with headlight cleaners. And that yeah. was like eighteen hundred dollars. And okay. um, I had my one options. More small my options were the navig or the uh, the rear entertainment with uh, nav. That's four grand. Yeah, forty nine hundred. And then the premium with the leather seats, which is another two grand. Yeah, I had the Mark uh, Levinson sound system, the heated ventilated front seats, um, and courtesy delivery. Uh, yeah, I it, it's an amazing amount of money for the options. 
but mine totaled at 56.4, which uh, it's four is less, less than yours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> your your quibbles about the price as far as how much it actually costs, I do agree with you. I think that you know even 56.4, that's a lot of money for this car. And yeah, sure, it has batteries and those are expensive, and it has a, a V6. Well, but 56.4 brings it down. So remember all the cars I named off last last week that you could get for cheaper. Yeah, all those were in the fifty-four to fifty-six range. Yeah, so I mean, now it, it's suddenly competitive. It makes sense now. Yes, with those less options, and I honestly didn't miss any of the other options. Like, I don't need to clean my headlights. Your LED headlights? No. Ooh. <laughs> but I mean, it's come on. Um, but as far as like, you know, you were right on the build quality. It's Lexus. It everything fit together really nicely. Um, I did have some complaints with the the center. Um, LCD readout in between the analog gauges, that just seems really antiquated and outdated. That needs to be updated. It needs to have a bigger TFT display, I think. I, for 56 grand, it should have a little something more. Uh, the, I, the, uh, I don't like screens in in the center co- or in the display console, so I'm I'm okay with them leaving with real gauges. Well, it, it's like there's room for it, but they didn't do it, and I feel like there could be more information displayed there. Like there's no digital speed readout. Um, there's yeah, no, I thought that was weird. You know, it, it, there was just I felt like there was something missing there. And also the uh, the Intune system, while it works well, it just it's it feels outdated. And you know, I didn't play with the apps and stuff like that because I've done all that in the past, and it's pretty much the same thing. So you know, that is a little convoluted at times. But uh, just the overall feel of it and the way the graphics look, it just seems a little outdated. Um, now, gas mileage. And here is my sticker. As you can see, it is supposed to get 30 combined. And I didn't get anywhere close to that. 27.2, I think, was the maximum number I could average from this car. So about 10% under the same as I did. Yeah, yeah. And Ouch. I baby this car. I didn't even do a 0-60 to 60 test. Like, the whole time, I just very careful with it. Um, and I had an eco mode the whole time. And just Which nothing. makes it really terrible to drive, too. You know, like, like, if, you, if you play around with sport mode, you're like, oh, wow, this engine feels kind of nice and peppy. Then you put it back in eco mode, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be saving fuel. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I didn't feel like it was that terrible. In fact, I, I would pick this any day of the week over the Prius that I had because um, it, it is quicker. You know, it's got the V6 when you, <clears throat> you want to step on it. Uh, but it's just... I don't know. I just feel like there's the value is missing. If this car costs forty thousand, yeah, any day of the week, and it's a Lexus. But it's, even even like know, at fifty two, like if they can under well, I take that back. Not with the fuel economy as low as it is. If like if the fuel economy was where it's where they say it should be, even at fifty six, I would say that was a good value because then it's the same price as its competitors, but it's more fuel efficient, and you still get that Lexus build quality, that Lexus reliability. But like this felt like Lexus doing none of the normal Lexus things that Lexus is good at doing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was, and I didn't, I didn't mind the steering as bad as you did. I didn't feel like it was, um, you know, it had good on-center feel. It had good turn-in feel. Uh, it wasn't uh, sloppy or anything. It was kind of heavily weighted, uh, especially closer to lock, just because I feel like there's so much going on with the front. You've got a go, stop, turn, and powering the the battery. So it's like there's so much going on, and I felt like I could feel that turning. But, I mean, 
it's not a terrible car. It's just I feel like it's a little, it's a little more valued than what it actually is. It's just it's too expensive. Right. Well, maybe maybe the all-wheel drive system had had something to do with uh, my general steering and handling feel. But yeah. oh, by the way, hi hi Halty. I do see your comment. He says hey, Halty's oh. in the chat. Hello Halty. Because Halty's amazing. Yes. So you would rather have the Lexus over the Prius, and um, I would hands down take that Prius over that stupid Lexus. Yeah, well, granted our cars aren't quite apples to apples, but it's pretty True. close. You know, True. the V is I mean, a little different. Like, did did you sit in the back of your Prius? Um, yeah, I think I just, you know, sat down behind myself, and I had plenty of leg room. Did the seats move? Like, the seats in that thing, all of them, no. they all slide. The seats lean back and forward. The headrests are adjustable. I mean, like, when I slide that seat all the way back and I have the driver's seat in my driving position, there is, like, a whole foot of room between my knees and the back of that front seat. There's no, acres I, of space back there. When I watched your video, I was amazed by that. I didn't realize those seats move that far. And I think that's really it's – really, it's really cool how modular they make on that thing, you know, that you can lay them down, that you can roll them back and forth. You know, if you want extra cargo and you got small kids, you can move the seat forward. If you got no cargo and big people, you can move them back. It makes a whole lot of sense, and I really like that a lot. So kudos right. to Prius on that. You know. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool feature when I saw it too. I didn't expect yeah. to see that. No. And it's like all cars, like I, I love cars with purpose. Like Again, that's why I bought my Golf. It's still fun to drive, but it's very fuel efficient and it's got lots of space. I like to go camping. I like to go scuba diving. I like to go on long road trips. I need to pack things. I have dogs. You know, like <laughs> I need all that usability and all that space. And like the Prius is obviously not as fun to drive as my Golf, and it's about as fuel efficient, but I'd still rather have the VW because of the nicer interior. But like that vehicle makes perfect sense to me. I love it because it is. It it does what it says on the box. They're like, you need something to move stuff and people, and you need to move them cheaply and efficiently. And it does all of that perfectly. There's plenty of cargo space. Again, the seats are so modular and movable. Everybody can be nice and comfy. The stereo didn't suck. The air conditioning didn't suck. You know, the I didn't have to deal with the stupid power lift gate that takes 47 hours to open. Like it was everything I want in a car. I was just like I was totally blown blown away. Like I I would happily have that over that Lexus any day of the week. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, but. You know, teach his own. All right, but let's move on to more small, fun, and practical things. Um, and we're going to move on to some more arguments, if, if, if you people like that. <laughs> well, we got we to gotta cover what oh, Justin is talking Yeah, no, exactly. That's what we're moving on to. There's going to be some more arguments, because <laughs> Justin's going to talk about the Honda Fit. Well, we may not have the argument that you think we're going to have, because, yes, I told you when I first got the car, I was like, oh, it sucks, it sucks, it sucks. But after you get a week in the car and I got over the fact that I was getting out of the Kia Sorento that had all this nice stuff in it, after I got over that and I actually got down to brass tacks on what the what the Honda Fit is supposed to be, I actually kind of almost sort of fell in love with this purple hatchback. It's um, awesome. <laughs> it was purple. Despite, yes, despite yes, the god-awful oh, no. purple color. The car no, was great. I love that color. It's so awesome. It's great for my wife, but for me, not so much. Sorry. Um, I, I just, I just love the fact that Honda has the balls to sell a purple car. Like <laughs> the fact that you can go to the factory or that you can go to the dealership and order it from the factory in a plum purple paint. I'm just like, yes, bravo. 
Yeah, I don't know about that. But uh, you know, overall, though, um, it's kind of like your uh, like your your Prius V. It has a whole lot of usefulness. Um, it's not fast. It's pretty quick for its class, about eight eight and a half to nine seconds of sixty, especially for a CVT. Um, but the interior is where you really get all this cool stuff. The back seats fold down, and the roof line is so high, you can stack like three feet of stuff, three or four feet of stuff from floor to ceiling and just completely cram this thing with whatever you want. I didn't get a chance to stuff any bags back there, but I'm sure I'd be able to fit 15 at least back there. Yeah, and not just, like, the seats don't just fall down. Like, they fall down actually flat. Yeah, it's almost completely flat. Not exactly, but yet as close as you can really get without them folding down into the floor. Um, Also, another cool thing I found out at the very end, um, if you grab onto the seat bottom where you put your butt in the back seat, you can actually lift the seat bottoms up. Just yeah. by pulling on, just lift it up, and you can tuck a bag back there or whatever. Or if your kids drop something under it, you're not digging underneath the seat. You just lift it up and and get whatever's under it. Um, the the a couple things are a little awkward about it. Um, number one, leather interior in an entry level car like this that's only yeah. twenty one thousand bucks. It was a bad choice on Honda's end. I love leather, I really do, but I don't like when they put leather in cheap cars because it's the cheap 1990s black, sweaty, sticky leather. Oh. Um, there's no ventilation. It, it They're black, which it makes it worse down here in Florida. Like when I first sat in a thing, I thought I was like, I thought my gonads were going to fry off because I'm, <laughs> I sat there, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and, um, and it just gets real sticky in the, in the, in the summer heat. Um, you know, it has AC and all that stuff, but no ventilation on the seats. It does have heaters. Um, I'd like to see him kind of split it, say, okay, the southern region, we're going to put ventilation but no heat. Northern region, we'll put heat, no ventilation. But I know that costs money, and they can't really yep. do that. costs yes, a lot it of money. costs a ton of money to do that, so I understand it. But um, in terms of features, it was pretty well loaded. It had the 7-inch uh, Honda display audio system with six speakers. Decent sounding. You know, when you really crank it up, it kind of washes out. You know, it's your typical cheap stereo system. Um, but the navigation was great. The voice recognition was pretty good. Um, and the nice little leather treatment here and there in the dashboard was a nice fit. Still had plenty of scratchy plastic to, uh, to satisfy the, the beam counters. Um, <laughs> and, but there was one other issue with the fit and finish. For the most part, finish, fit and finish was great. There are no awkward little plugs stuck anywhere. Um, right where the center console and the driver's side seat meet, there's not enough space to meet the to, to fit the padding for the leather because the center console has leather wrapping with padding on top of it. So when you lift up the center console, it actually rubs against the driver's side seat. You hear a really faint rub. Now, Christian and I talked about it, and Christian says, well, I've had this car for how many years, and I've opened that thing maybe 100 times. Um, I, for one, put everything in the center console. So I open it three or four times a day sometimes. So I can just see over time, if you're like me, the side of the seat or the side of that um, center console getting rubbed out over five to ten years if you open it up a couple times a day. Um, so that could be a little bit of an issue. Um, but, you know, you take the good with the bad when you toss that leather interior in a cheap car like that. Yeah, um, I just I can't believe they put leather in, in that car. Yeah, it's kind of awkward because you have this, this leather that looks kind of classy, but then you have that really El Cheapo formed low pile carpeting all around the back. I told on about like this cheap plastic clips. It was real. I'm like, that that just doesn't. Why not just put a little better cloth and or a little better uh, 
um, carpeting in there, not that indoor-outdoor crap that I put on my deck. <laughs> to be honest, I think the seats are purely just a market thing because some of the smaller cars now, like like the Ford Fiesta and stuff like that, like you can get leatherette seating and stuff like that. And so I, th- I think Honda was just going, well, we need to offer it, so like whatever. Yeah. But um, I do want to ask the people out out there, please, listeners, um, I want to know who's the weird one, me or Justin. Do you use your center armrest console like all the time or like not not very often at all? Because, again, I've had my Golf. We, we have 90,000 miles on my Golf, and I've maybe used that thing 100 or some odd times. And Justin says he uses his center console many times a day. I, I just can't wrap my brain around that. So, Everything. so who's the weird one? Yeah, everything of mine goes in that center console, so I'm open. I think you are, man. I I use it all the time too. I mean, um, I put my gum in it. I put extra CDs. I put uh, you know pistols. You know, whatever, whatever in there. You know? <laughs> nice. See, I put I put everything in in the door pocket. Nope. I, like when I get in, my cell phone, my wallet, all that stuff, it goes in the door pocket. I can't. I can't. Some about putting it in the door see, pocket. I just don't. Yeah. See, that scares it. me because like I open the door and it could fall out and I not notice it. And so I'm 100 miles down the road and realize that my how shallow is your door pocket? <laughs> some of them are actually pretty darn shallow or even non-existent. Well, some right. Places. If they're really small, I have to find somewhere else. And then it's usually like a cup holder. But <laughs> but then what about when you want to put a drink in the cup holder? Then you fumble around and get your cell phone out of there to put well, it. Because in there there's like a and... hundred cup holders in almost every car. Well, that's one of the problems. Except, except, except the Prius V. There's only three in the front. Yeah, that's 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 how this, the Honda Fit is. There's three. There's two in the center and one odd one that's like right in front of the driver, right behind the steering wheel. It's really – it's a very strange place to put a cuff. So the Lexus re- had one of those. Like if you're holding onto the steering wheel, like to the left, like by like where the window is yes. or like by, yeah. by where the mirror is, there's a little pop-out cup holder. Yeah, yeah I kept my sunglasses there the whole time. It's like, well, okay, I gotta get my drink, but what way do I go about this here? <laughs> I can, I can just imagine like Christian, like somebody in that Lexus, they got their their Mega Gulp thirty, you know, six ounce cup there. They got the window down. They make a nice sharp right hand turn, and bloop, out it goes. <laughs> ah, no. <laughs> but um, aside from the awkwardly mismatched, weird leather with crappy. Uh, carpeting. Otherwise, the car is good. Um, Driving-wise, 130 horsepower, 112 pound-feet of torque. It's like, I think it's 12 horsepower and 6 pound-feet more than the 2013 model because they skipped 2014 in the redesign. Um, So it's about 12 horsepower more. Plenty of pep for what you get. And the CVT has that sport mode, so it has the paddle shifters, which is kind of cool. It's still a little droney, but it's it's still kind of cool to be able to go through seven ranges. Um, And turning this thing is fun. Because uh, it has a real quick ratio steer. Um, it really is the ultimate city car because it's, I think it's like two and a half, two and a quarter turns lock to lock. Oh, so cool. it's it's very quick to turn into a space. Like I, a couple times I actually overshot the space a few times because uh, I turned it too early, not realizing how close the ratio was. Um, so that's really nice. It makes really good for people that aren't great at parking cars like <clears throat> my wife. <clears throat> Um, I'm going to tell her you said that. <laughs> it, it's really good for people that have a hard time getting a car into a space. And they actually shrunk the car by, I think it was uh, an inch and a half. They made it like a half inch wider. But you gain five inches of leg room in the back seat. It's, it's like insane. Magic. Yeah, they pushed that back seat. I mean, it has, the, it has the back seat of a sedan. It's awesome. A full-size adult can sit back there very comfortably. Now, you lose about five cubic feet of total car, uh, cargo room from that. You lose about four with the seats up, five total with the seats down. 
Um, but because it already led the class in cargo room, it still leads a class by a long shot, losing five cubic feet. <laughs> I know, like wow. it's it, that car is one of my favorite cars in the whole wide world because it's especially if you skip Justin's model. Like if so, how much was yours? Twenty two grand, Justin? Uh, yeah, twenty one five with delivery. So if you skip the leather and the navigation, that's the only thing you have to drop. That car's like seventeen five, mm-hmm. and it has yeah, like if you just want people in it. It is just as big as any four-door sedan. Like it's like a cord size four-door sedan space for just people. But then if you want the haul stuff, like you can fold down the seats, and it's bigger than most small SUVs in there. Plus, when you want to have fun, like I tell everyone, if you're a Honda fan and you used to own an older Civic, like if if that's your kind of thing, like if you like that nippy little feel of some of the older Civics buy a fit because it has that same feel especially with the manual really quick steering it feels really white it feels really light the wheels are stretched all the way to the ends of the car so it rotates really quickly i mean it's it's just a blast to drive yeah that's one thing i noted in my review that this car would be a whole hell of a lot of fun with the manual the cvt kind of kills it um but the manual just make it awesome uh it's not a nurburgring car but it's very tossable very very tossable Yep, it's it's one of those cars that still gives me faith in Honda because it feels like Honda's kind of lost their way a lot over the last couple of years. All their cars are bigger and softer, <laughs> and they've lost that sort of Honda feel. But the Fit still got it. The Fit is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. So, sure. all right. Let's go ahead and we'll move on some more here. Um, we're out of the weekly wheels. We're going to break into some news, and uh, we're going to start the news uh, sort of with stuff that's sitting in my driveway. Uh, we're going to talk about the upcoming Miata. And how um, wrong Christian is. You know what? Shut your face. <laughs> so, again, I am I'm going to hold fast to my belief that the new Miata is going to be naturally aspirated until I get the press release that says, check out our new turbo engine. Like I That's, said, unless, unless in that video there are some little dwarf or... There's a, a lot of wind noise in that video. There's a gnome in the, in the engine compartment going... Or someone holding up some kind of whistle in the air as they drive down with the top down. That is a turbocharger whistle, if I have ever heard one. Anyways, we are discussing, if you guys haven't seen it, Mazda released a video of what the new engine of the ND sounds. They mounted a GoPro to the nose of their car, and they drive it down a road. So all you see is road, and you hear noise. And there is a really faint, slight (laughs) rushing maybe kind of a whistle, but I'm not sure it follows the revs correctly, and it's probably just wind noise, so Justin's wrong, and it's not going to be a turbocharged engine. Maybe but, kind um, of sort of faint whistle. Wow, that faint? I mean, every news outlet ran a story on it. Every single news outlet said, guys, MX-5 turbo. <laughs> Everybody, including us. Yeah, well, everybody's going to be wrong, except for the mighty, mighty Mo. <laughs> you know, I, I say you guys are both wrong, and I said this earlier. It, it's not a turbo. It's a hair dryer. It's a chick car, right? <laughs> Who needs a hair dryer when you have a convertible? <laughs> no, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's a hair dryer that they're using as one of those electric turbos. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even get me started on that and what I've seen people put in cars. I'm not going to start. Hey, man, I've seen leaf blowers, man. It works. I've seen mattress inflators. Oh, that's great. And it doesn't work because <laughs> no. that gives you more air, but it's not compressing the air. Yeah. So no compression means no boost. No boost means no power. Yeah. So anyways, um, yeah, the MD or the ND 
Justin thinks it might be supercharged or it might be turbo turbocharged. I don't think it's going to be. We'll see who's wrong in a couple of months because, or sorry, in two months, just over two, just sorry, just less than two months, because mm-hmm. Mazda has announced uh, September fourth, the ND will be revealed. There is a massive gathering of Miatas at Mazda Laguna Seca Raceway in California, uh, and that is when the brand new Mazda Miata fourth generation car will be unveiled to the world. But let's not get our let's not get our hopes up on learning about that engine just yet. Because I actually talked to a lady from Mazda who said that the Miata is making a static debut, which means it's not going to be running. Which means it they may not release any details on the engine. No, I. We all know how they how these manufacturers do. Hey, cool! Look at this sexy body, and it's going to have a new engine. Find out next month. <laughs> well, no, okay. So got my sunglasses on that are terrible. Um, so what's going to happen? I Just guarantee like you is, yeah, they're 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 going to do like everybody else does. They're going to have it out there. They're going to show it. They're not going to let anybody drive it. But no. they're still going to tell us the engine. They they may not give us horsepower numbers. They mm-hmm. they may do like the Hellcat, like yes. This thing exists. Here it is. And look, it's got an engine. This is what the engine is. It makes some horsepowers. And then they're going to walk off. <laughs> that's, that's that's what's going to happen. They're going to come out. They're going to say, look at our new 1.3 turbo or look at our new 1.6 naturally aspirated. It makes some horsepower. The car weigh's less. More details later. And then they're going to run away. <laughs> that yeah, that's, could that's happen. a likely scenario. That could happen. Yeah. So... But, There's going to be a lot more Miata stuff coming, um, yes. and I, I have a Miata right now in my driveway, and it still hasn't stopped raining. <laughs> so um, it, great. Yesterday, like for the last week and a half, it has been beautiful here in Tennessee. I mean, absolutely beautiful. And you were driving a Prius. <laughs> and I was driving a Prius. I was sliding a Prius sideways <laughs> around corners like Formula D, Japanese anime master. At 25 um, miles an hour. At tw- yes, at 25 miles an hour. But then Mazda shows up and they bring me this beautiful red. It's not like the red red. It's kind of the burgundy red. Mm-hmm. Uh, power hard top Miata sport mm-hmm. package. So I've got the limited slip diff. I've got the uh, better uh, suspension in it. Six-speed manual, close ratio. It's it's wonderful car. Ten minutes after they show up, I have to rush outside to put the top up on it because there is a freaking monsoon. And it has this, like, it's so dark. Like, that's why I, I have the light on over my head. Usually I don't need a light because it's so bright in my house. It's dark outside, and I have to have the light on. And it hasn't stopped raining since that car showed up. Well, you should just drive it down here to Tampa. We have some sun. Oh, never mind. It's getting cloudy here, but we'll have sunshine soon. And you can drive it, and then I can drive it again. I got well, one I drove here. it in the rain. Like I was like, I'm still going to drive it. So <laughs> it's I so drive. useless, though. It's the, the Mazda Miata is so useless in the rain. I hate it. <laughs> you know what? It was it was fine. I was little bit of maybe sideways, some yeah. little bit of tire spin, getting up to seven or eight thousand RPMs. Uh, but like, whatever. I got this. Yeah, yeah. That's what the Miata is made to do: go sideways. Oh they're really, they're it's really so fun because when, when they go sideways, they, they actually are really quick to correct themselves. It's so much fun to take them sideways um, just because when you when you do the one-two shift, I mean, they will literally correct themselves. I, I am, Easiest oh, car man. to drive. I am so I've, – I've only put 25 miles on it, uh, but I'm already contemplating on how I can sell basically everything I own to buy one. And God, it's so good. 
They'll go on deep discount once the new Miatas come out, so you can. Well, like get I've them. driven lots of Miata. Well, not lots of. I've, I've driven a few Miatas before, including an an NC, but I I didn't have a lot of time in it. Um, it was somebody else's car, so you're always really careful with somebody else's car, and it wasn't on the roads I would prefer to drive it on. But like I said, I've I've got this thing, and I'm just like, oh, it's so good. It's well, also so good. You have to remember also in the NC generation, it really depends on which Miata you get. If you get the Grand Touring, you're not getting a, the real Miata feel. You have to get the Sport or you have to get the Club model. Well, that's, that's the thing. I've got the Grand Touring. I just have the Sport package on it. I've got the heaviest Touring. Miata you can get. I have the hardtop, Grand Touring, leather seats, Bose stereo, and it's still good. And see, it's I had, still good. I had the Club Power hardtop, and it was uh, it was just adrenaline the whole time. Oh, I love that car. Yeah. All right. Anyways, we're going to stop talking about Miata. We're going to move on to things that are big and expensive and that I don't like. Um, hey, Justin, why don't you talk to me about Mercedes' ridiculously stupid plan to revive the Maybach name? <laughs> well, we all know what AMG is. AMG is Mercedes' performance line. Um, well, now Mercedes is deciding to add to that by making the Maybach name a sub-brand of Mercedes. Instead of having their own independent models, from what we're what we're getting from the news is that they're going to have, just like AMG, you're going to have the GL Class Maybach. Um, so it's going to basically be an uber luxury version of each and every one of their vehicles, just like the AMGs are uber fast versions of each and every model. Um, I'm kind of on the fence with this because Maybach at the end was utterly terrible. Um, they were just not selling. People didn't like them. They were copycats and just not good. I mean, they're discounting them by $100,000. And when people still wouldn't them. buy them because yes. they were too ugly and too terrible and still too expensive and not luxurious enough. God, the yeah. Maybachs were bad. Yeah, so I'm kind of on the fence here. It's exciting to see the name come back because the name is iconic. You know, 20 years ago, that was a good name. Now it's kind of been tarnished beyond belief. Um, and maybe even beyond repair. I don't know. But adding Maybach as a sub-brand may help. Um, because then people that are shopping for this kind of thing are looking for a more expensive version of a Mercedes. They're not going to Maybach to compare it to a Bentley or Rolls Royce. They're going to the Maybach brand to compare it to a uh, like a, a BMW with the luxury package or something like that installed. They're not trying to compare it apples to apples with the with the Bentley, which is one of the faults that Maybach had. It was so expensive that's all you could compare it to. But yeah, it was Rolls it Royce that, or Bentley. Yeah, comparing it to Rolls Royce or Bentley just no, you just couldn't do it. It wasn't happening. So we'll see what happens with it. I don't have much faith in it. I think they're going to kind of experiment with it and say, okay, never mind, go back away, my block. Um, but we'll see what happens. It's exciting well, to see. I mean, I think it's a good idea, though, because, I mean, you do, you've do. you got Mercedes. Then you've got AMG as the performance side. Then you can do the Maybach as the luxury side. So, like, mm -hmm. you buy an S-Class. I want it to go faster, so I'm going to get the AMG model. But I want a absolute posh umbrella in the door luxury edition, so I'm gonna get the Maybach. And I hope that you're able to stack these options too, so like you can get the S Class AMG Maybach. Like, oh that yeah, no, that really sounds cool. super awesome. I want that the SL sixty three formatic AMG Maybach luxury edition because that'll oh, be fun, right? A hundred and seven times. Oh yeah. The, the AMG yeah. SL65 Black. 
my, 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 my KMG. Again, <laughs> I so here's here's my thing. I think re- reviving the name is already terrible. Um, the the name is tarnished. They just need to let it sort of go into history. I don't think Mercedes needs a new lineup name to make more luxurious vehicles because they already make some of the best in the biz for the market that that they're in. They could just make them nicer. Um, you know, they don't if they don't need something attached to their name to try and sell a luxury division car. Um, and the the lineups for Mercedes is already complicated and convoluted enough as it is. Like, nah, not really. No, I mean, yeah, not nearly as complicated as BMW, I don't think. But I mean, okay, I, I know it's the apples to oranges here. It's complicated as BMWs, but the lineup is just as complicated. Because for every single car they sell, there's like 15 freaking models, and all of them are just a name and a number. And it used to be okay when those numbers meant something. Like, oh, if I buy an SL65, I'm getting an SL, which is the long GT car with the removable top. And it has a 5-liter engine. If I get the 5, 500, if I get the 63, it has a 6.3-liter V8. Like, that's what it used to be. But now it's not. The numbers are just there to be placeholders. So you can get uh, whatever model you want. You got, what, there's the CLA, the C, the E, the S, the SL, the SLK, the ML, the G, GLK, and then for each one of those, there's like a 250 and a 350 and a 500 and a 550 and one or two AMG models. Plus they've got all of these cars in formatic editions with all-wheel drive. And then you've got everything else that they're doing. And now they want to add on another trim level to all these cars. And don't and don't forget to add in the confusion with the M class. You have to add yes. that M class versus ML. It's like what? Yes, because it's because it's the M class, but they have to say ML because of trademarks and copyrights. Yeah, all that crap. Ugh. Yeah, and, and the I, most. I still think they part, can do it. Though. Yeah, the, sure. the, the one the one I love the most, the 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 biggest confusion I love the most from Mercedes is the elimination of the 6.3 liter. So you know you still have the C63 AMG, but it's then going to have the 4.0 liter, which really well, just. Right, so it's so it's a four liter if you get the C class sixty three AMG, and if you get the S class sixty three AMG, it's a five point five liter twin turbo V eight. <laughs> yeah. Again, back back when the numbers meant something, it was kind of okay, but like now, it's just a huge massive mess. And Mercedes is like, I have idea. That's a Russian <laughs> accent, not a German one. Yeah, really. And, uh, they're like, let's do this and make this even worse. And then yeah, they're gonna have to allow stacking. Because there are people who are going to be like, well, yes, of course I want the most luxurious, posh Maybach edition, but why can't I have the AMG 63 engine? Yeah, they're going to have to. But I mean, right. like, you know, at the same time, and like, yes, this is apples to oranges, is what I was going to say earlier. You know, like, you have GMC, right? Then you've got the Denali line, and it's the more posh version of the basic Yukon or whatever. I think that Mercedes can do this too. Like, sure, you can get leather seats in your Yukon, but they're not the same Denali leather seats. And, like, it's a better, more expensive version of it. So why not do the same thing with Mercedes? I think it's I think it's a decent because idea. Because here's the difference. Technically, there are only – well, with the Yukon, there's, there's four. But let's do the Acadia. Technically, there are only two Acadia models. There's the Acadia – and the Acadia Denali. Yes, there are different trims that you can get slightly more 
packages and slightly more interior bits and stuff like that. But they don't sell them that way. They they like they don't tell them as different models. You go in to buy an Acadia, and then you can get stuff in your Acadia, or you can go in to get an Acadia Denali, and you can add one or two little things to that. It's not. They don't market it as the Acadia Denali LT1 or the Acadia LT1 and the Acadia LT2 and the Acadia LTZ. Mercedes does that. You don't go in and get an E-Class. You get an E250 or an E250 Bluetech or an E350 or an E63. They sell them as all these different models. And so I think that's why GM can get away with it, and it's okay in the market because it's not that confusing. Yeah, I mean I guess I see your point, but I still think – the Maybach name has its own cash A. I think, you know, I think they could get away with it. Well, it, it did a long time ago, but that's one of the issues that Christian and I both agree on is it's tarnished very, very badly. Um, it's pretty much been drugged to the mud. <laughs> oh, so bad. So bad. I mean, when, when you're discounting your cars by $100,000 and you're still sending them off to the scrap people at the end, you have some issues. <laughs> that's Anyways. true. Well, we beat this horse dead. Yeah, let's 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 move on. Um, let's talk about you know what we had a fancy exclusive story this week. Um, I think I, th- I think Justin can tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, I'll let you yeah. break the news because top speed is awesome. Awesome. Dun dun dun. <laughs> we need some cool like breaking news intro music. Breaking news. There we go. Record that. <laughs> Anywho. I can get the guitar out and play G again. No, no G. No G. Remember, we're off to G sharp now. <clears throat> but um, I'm, so, No, so, the world has changed. My art has failed me. I'm moving to E minor. And it's now the artist formerly known as Mo. <laughs> <laughs> I was anyway, listening to Prince yesterday. We are an automotive podcast. No music. Okay. Anywho, <laughs> Anywho so Con Design. Pretty much famous for modifying Jaguars, Land Rovers, and they sometimes dab with Ferrari and Porsche, very rarely. They typically typically stand with their Land Rovers. They have joined forces with, I hope I say this right, Ant, um, oh my god, what is their, I can't remember their last name. Ant, Dude, I can't even pronounce it. Yes. Yeah, some weird names. Yeah, they've, Ant, Ant, We are Ant, so great at being professionals. Ant, Anstead, there it goes, Ant, Anstead. Ugh. Anywho, that's a tongue twister, sorry. We're marking uh, they, here. Yeah. To form Con Ant, or I'm sorry, Ant Con. Um, and they're going to be rolling out their own custom vehicles. They're no longer going to be just modifying Land Rovers and Jaguars. They're going to build two new models. Uh, one of them gets released this year. Yeah. On September 12th, they're going to debut a sports car that is supposed to be completely coach-built. We don't know what chassis it's going to be based on yet. But the body is going to be all coachwork design. The interior is going to be all coachwork. It's going to have an LS3 Engine with uh, what, 450 horsepower. Marca. Uh, it's going to be a uh, Roadster. Um, and then they're going to roll out a, uh, this one's called the Avanta Barchetta. 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 You can probably not like really fancy cheese. It's Italian, Barchetta. Exactly. But, uh, and then they're going to roll out a, um, a Land Rover based, Land Rover Defender based uh, Flying Huntsman, which I'm sorry, I love Con. I love the guy I talked to. He's awesome, but that name's just a little odd to me. Flying Huntsman, but maybe there's some kind of history behind it that I don't well, know. Well, because let's do Huntsman. So you have a Land Rover Defender. You're gonna go out and hunt foxes, and you want a really big engine, so you're gonna fly, fly. to get the foxes. Flying <laughs> Huntsman, just run them over. Yeah, but um, 
they're going to release both these models. We don't know when the Flying Huntsman's coming, uh, but we did learn from from Con uh, exclusively that the sports car, the Vanta Barchetta, is coming out on September 12th. There's no pricing on it or anything, but I'm assuming it's going to be somewhere in the hundred thousand yeah. to two hundred thousand dollar range, um, and it's going to be beautiful because we all know that Con is the best at doing interior work. Yeah, their seats are amazing. Those diamond pattern. Uh, oh, I know. Oh my gosh. You can get, I, I like diamond diamond quilt. Yeah, and you can get any Land Rover you want with this amazing interior from Con. Their bodywork, I'm not a huge fan of, but that's where that's where Ant Anstead's going to come into play, I believe. Um, they're he's going to be mostly working on the bodywork and with some input from Con, of course, and then the engines coming from Chevy, which is right. kind of well, cool. But, so here's the one thing that really worries me. I want both of you right now to pull up Google and type in Aston Martin DBR3. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So if anyone is not familiar, so the sketches we have on our site, the that that we were sent, like the car looks almost exactly like the old Aston Martin DB3R race car. The only difference is the grill is the grill from the new Aston Martin 24-hour racer uh, Vantage with the little angly slats in it. And I am super worried that if this comes through, we're going to be like, look at our new car, and Aston Martin is going to come up and go, by the way, that's our car. We're going to sue the living snot out of you, and your company is going to go bankrupt. Mwa-ha-ha-ha-ha, evil laugh-ha. Yeah, that is a little... Uh, <clears throat> Nearly yes. identical. All the it, way it, down to... Look! Look at the rear fender line, even because you've got that nice swoop up, and it cuts down towards the door, and it's indented in. Like it, it's so close. Yeah, near, nearly doesn't do it justice. Nearly is a long shot. I think it's almost identical. Yeah, yeah. I see a lot <laughs> of uh, Ferrari GT uh, two fifty in it too. I think. Well, there's yeah, a little there's bit, a bit of, of that. Yeah, there's a bit of that. You know, some people even compared it to the old Cobra. I don't really see much Cobra in it, but some people compared it to that. Yeah. Um, no, Aston Martin. I've got. An old one right there. It, it it looks totally like an Aston Martin. It's oh, I'm so worried about that. Yeah, um, stunning to look at, but it's also stunning to look at because it looks like an Aston. Yeah, and they and Con's not shy in saying that they they were inspired by Aston Martin. Um, they weren't shy, and they may even be basing this on an Aston Martin chassis. They may be working with Aston Martin and building this. We don't know all the oh, details. Oh, that would be awesome. No, that because, would be cool. Because Khan has has done, to my knowledge, work with Aston Martin in the past. So they may be working with Aston Martin to to build this car. We don't know all the specifics yet. I've kind of, you know, done, done as much as I can as getting information from our guy. But, of course, he can only give us certain bits because he has the uh, the Anstead guy to, to deal with as well. So they can only give us this much, and I'm sure they know about that much. So as of now, I would assume they're probably working with Aston Martin on this given the – the fact that it's so closely, well, yeah. identical <laughs> yeah. Yeah. to the DVR3. So, and also, they also did talk about they are going to uh, do some coach work on Aston Martin-based cars as well. So, like I said, that could be mixed in with this, and they're working together. I'm, I've said, I'm, I, the, the idea behind this really excites me because everyone knows, like, there are some great engines out there. But like the small block Chevy is just awesome, especially the aluminum ones like like the LS2 and the LS3. And mm-hmm. so putting one of those inside of a car that looks like that, with the incredible con design interior that those guys can do, I'm just like that just sounds like the greatest little collection of awesome ever. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and by my knowledge, yeah, it's going to be very very exclusive too. It's like uh, 20 models. It's all they're building. Oh. Whew. 
Um, so there's probably not a good chance I'll get to drive one. No, it's very unlikely. But we do have some pool with cons, so I may be able to talk to Mo and say, hey, come on, bring one over here. But the chances of one even landing in the U.S. Yeah. It's very unlikely. The vast majority will probably end up in UAE somewhere. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, we've been talking a long time. we got to get moving. So con is cool. We're worried a little bit about maybe lawsuits. But otherwise, awesome. Good job, guys. Con. No. No, you're fired. Yeah. That was no. no. No, I can say Star Trek stuff. Um, <laughs> all right. Dodge's birthday. Dodge turned 100 freaking years old today. What? Or not, not today. today. Not today. This year. The first. They, turned, they turned 100 years old this, this year, and they put 707 candles on their birthday cake. Yes, they did. Nice. Yeah, so, okay, on the 1st of July... Uh, America happened, you know, and Dodge, Dodge was born. Uh, it came from the Dodge brothers, but, uh, you know, the history is there in the article that I wrote. It's on the website, but, uh, the thing you need to know is basically, you know, they're doing, they're offering some pretty cool swag for, uh, kind of a celebration thing. You can buy, you know, t-shirts, clocks, belts, shoes, you know, whatever. Uh, you can also buy a 707 horsepower Hellcat Challenger. Yeah. Mm. That's what I want. All I'm all I'm thinking about is how many different cars they should cram that engine into. Oh, everything, everything, like, like everything, every everything with an SRT badge no longer needs the normal Hemi. It just needs the Hellcat engine. So yes. the SRT uh, Cherokee has 707 horsepower, and the SRT Challenger has 707 horsepower, and the Charger has 707 horsepower, and by God, I want a dart with all-wheel drive and 707 <laughs> horsepower. Speaking, the thing would break in half. Man. A Dodge yeah, Grand Caravan, 707 horsepower. Speaking of, speaking of that 707 horsepower, I don't know if any of you guys caught it, but I actually saw a news piece where Dodge actually gave away some of the information about the Hellcat before anybody really knew. If you look at one of the pictures of the Hellcat, uh, the Hellcat Challenger, one of them it shows the infotainment system on Sirius, and it has the 70s on 7 station on. And on the on the radio is displayed 707. So no one really caught that. There are a couple news outlets that caught that. It's a really cool little little teaser that no one really caught on to. I wonder if Dodge even caught that. I don't know that, you know, because no, it's, it's that, supposed that to be like totally the 70s. Be no, that totally had to be planned. Oh, yeah, that 100% planned. That. It's, okay. it's well, way too obvious. Yeah. And oh, why else cool. did they put that stupid station on, anyways? Yep. All right. <laughs> hey, um, man, don't don't hit on seventies music, man. Hey, hey, let's stop arguing. We we got news to get through. We can argue you in a minute. Get to, but we, we will argue in a minute. We get to questions and own drive burn. There will be arguing then. Um, Justin, no, not Justin. I lied. I'm good to sneeze. We're doing it live. I am allergic to not arguing. Mark. <laughs> Let's keep with the Dodge theme, but be quick about it. Tell me a little bit about what might be in the 2018 Jeep Wrangler. Uh, less weight. Woo! Aluminum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, Mike Manley, the uh, CEO of uh, the Jeep Which is brand. An awesome name. Yes. I mean, like, <laughs> like how do you I not know make... a better guy for the like the Jeep guy? I'm yeah, Mike how do you, Manley. How do you not make him CEO? Like, he could be like the water boy. He was like, son. You're CEO, just for your name alone. Like, anyway, but because yeah. Jeep should be run by Mike Manley. Manley. Yes, I need that name. So anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, he had a he had a conversation with uh, Edmunds.com, and basically he was saying, you know, like, look, we have to stay true to the Jeep heritage because obviously the Wrangler is like our lifeblood as far as you know sticking to our roots. 
So with that said, he said, you know, we've got to stick to that, but we're going to cut weight and we're going to make it more efficient. So uh, lightweight, you know, it's likely it's going to have um, independent suspension front and rear, which is a brand new thing for the Wrangler. Uh, that That's pretty much confirmed as far as happening. So they're going to ditch the live axles, which, you know, Jeep people are gonna cry over, but I think it'll be okay because it'll yeah, Jeep, it'll Jeep still be pretty cry a little bit, but then they're just gonna rip them out and put Danas in like they always do, anyways. Well, I mean, there's there's kits now that you can make your JK independent suspension, so you know some people want that. Uh, All right. so, you know uh, that we might be looking at aluminum body panels, which would be really cool. No more rest, a little bit, a little bit more weight reduction, and uh, hopefully some better engine choices. You know, uh, we're hoping for a diesel. Yes. Don't oh, really man. know if that's gonna happen. Uh, mainly, eco diesel so good, <sighs> dude, for real. Uh, but yeah, mainly we're saying, you know, look, uh, the Jeep Grand Cherokee diesel take rate is at eight percent right now. Unless it doubles, we're not gonna look at putting a diesel into any of the other products. So, you know, that's that's where we're at. We're waiting on the the Grand Cherokee to, you know, sell more diesel. So, if you're listening and you need a Jeep, go buy the diesel. Yes, go buy the diesel. Yes, that's uh, all I gotta say about that. Okay, I've got two quick things that I'm going to cover. Um, one is the Alfa Romeo 4C. Uh, it's just arriving. Like we're we're just now getting them. People who buy them are just being able to pick them up. But Alfa's already talking about how they're going to make it better and faster. Um, the engine right now, because it is turbocharged, they're making about 135 horsepower per liter. Uh, and there was a story uh, with I believe it was Auto Car or Auto Guide. Um, I guess I should probably look at my sources before I claim all this wrong. <laughs> but anyways, um, because I thought it one day and yes, said you it. know what? This thing popped into my head. Um, no, sorry, it was car, car and driver. Wow, I was way off. Um, so they talked with Fiat's chief of research and development. And he's like, yeah, we're only on 136 horsepower per liter. There's a ton more space. There's a ton more power we can crank out of that engine with these with these turbos. So they're already talking about how to make the car faster. Uh, bad news with making it faster. There will not be a manual. Period. Ah. <sighs> but it's because of the build of the car. So the manual trans transmissions are a little large. They're not heavy, but they're kind of large. The dual clutch system they have in the 4C now is very compact, and it's actually the carbon fiber tub that was molded to create this beast was built around that size. So there just literally isn't room. They would have to cut holes into the chassis and ruin all the awesome lightweight carbon fiber stiffness that comes with this design to put a manual in there. So it's it's just not going to happen. There isn't room without completely redoing the entire design of the car and spending a bajillion zillion freaking dollars. Maybe, maybe if there's tons and tons of demand for a second gen car, they could possibly try and develop that into the tub design. But as it sits, it's not going to happen. Period. The end. So sad day. But it's going to be faster. It's already extremely quick and apparently super fun to drive based on everything that we've read and everything that we've, we've, we've seen. So more power will only make it better. Um, another thing is if you want to buy a Porsche Cayman or a Porsche Boxster, wait about 18 months and you can get one for super cheap. Um, right now, the new Porsche McCann, and I'm aware that it's supposed to be pronounced differently, but it's McCann <laughs> because America. Um <laughs> So the new small Porsche SUV, those things are selling so well that there's a massive, massive waiting list. So Porsche is trying to appease these people by saying, well, we know you bought a car, but you can't have it for you know nine months or whatever, a year. So here's what we'll do for you. We'll let you have a Porsche Boxster or a Porsche Cayman 
on a dirt cheap lease. So all these people are going to be picking up nice, fancy sports cars with little Porsche badges on the front that are super great to drive on extra cheap leases. And when their new SUVs come in, they're going to be bringing those leases back, dropping them off, and leaving in their SUV. So Porsche is going to have entire lots full of Caymans and Boxers that are going to have almost no miles on them, but they're going to be used, so they're going to have used prices. Now, here's the cool thing about that, though. You're getting a person that bought an SUV that's driving a sports car, so you also don't get a person like, say, a uh, maybe Christian Moe. They went out there and beat the living bejesus out of this thing. Look, I'm sideways and backwards everywhere! <laughs> it's the first time one that takes Sally and Susie to ballet recital or whatever. It's not someone that's drifting down some mountain road. So you're getting lightly used ones that have been serviced by the dealer at a cheap price. I think I'm going to yeah. start saving. <laughs> I know. I'm just – and it's like there are there are people who might be interested in this, in this lease, and because they're not sports, sports car people – they might not even bother with some of like granted it sucks that you're not going to get an S with all the great performance options but i mean if they're getting lower base level cars like i think a base level boxer starts at like 52 or something 50 55 somewhere in that area so we're talking these cars could be like 40 grand so for $10,000 less than a corvette you could have a almost brand new boxer like that i'm just like ooh <laughs> oh. So, all right. Yeah, I remember the Cayman. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, okay, we're we're oh God, we're already at time. All right, it's gonna be a slightly longer show today, but you guys like that, so we're gonna continue yes, on. Let's move on to our questions and answer, and we're gonna start with a question from Steph Mariu. Um, in one of these episodes, it would be interesting if you guys will talk about the greatest racing games ever. So, um, I'm gonna start by saying one of my favorite racing games ever, Mario Kart. <laughs> the first one on Super Nintendo. Oh man, I love that game. Yes, nice. Um, see, mine would have to be uh, Gran Turismo A Spec. That was the first ever real simulation racing game I had, with the exception of maybe Test Driver on an old PC. That was one that I really liked to play. But Gran Turismo A Spec was really the one that I learned about cars and learned about performance cars and how to tune them and things like that. Really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, Windows 98. Nice. Nice. And and PlayStation. (laughs) Yeah, that was like the only video game I was ever sucked into, uh, even as a kid. That, yeah. Oh, all right. So so those are some of the good. I am a huge fan of the Forza Motorsport series, but um, there are a lot of really great games that are coming out soon. So the new Forza Horizon um, is coming out soon. That looks like it's going to be super great. It looks kind of like another version of Test Drive Unlimited mm. 2, which was a great game. Um, obviously, we've got Gran Turismo 6 that's in the works. Uh, we did a story on um, the creator of Gran Turismo. He did a Reddit AMA the other the other day, so we, we talked about some of that stuff. Uh, we've got Assetto Corsa, which is out right now as a pre-release version of the game. That's going to be super hardcore awesome simulator with great graphics on the PC. Uh, of course, Grid Autosport just came out, and I've got a copy. I'm doing a review now. I've got a few more things to say about that in just a second. And uh, we've also got World of Cars that's coming out. Jeez, um, we've got The Crew, Drive Club. Both of those are coming out. Like Racing games in the next eight months or so. Like, there's going to be a huge pile of super awesome games. So if you're into racing games, like, now is a good time to jump in. And uh, speaking of jumping in, this is a thing I have 
that was sent to me by Asus. This is a brand new video card for my computer back there, and they've lent me this for a little while because the new Grid Autosport game is one of the new racing games that actually supports Ultra HD. So instead of 1080p, it supports 4K, which is four times the resolution of that monitor back there, four times what we're used to. So uh, to let me test the future of racing games, Asus is sending me one of those fancy, expensive 4K resolution monitors. They've already sent me this super fancy new video card. So um, with my review for Grid Autosport, we're also going to get to take a look at screenshots and video footage of what the future might be like and how awesome it's going to look. So keep your eyes on the site for that if you're interested in that sort of stuff. So I'm really excited about that. That's going to be pretty pretty cool. And again, that's coming soon. Oh, when, so, you said, when you said Ultra HD, I couldn't help but get that weird monster truck announcer sound. Ultra HD! Ultra HD! <laughs> Can't see till he fly, bubba box. <laughs> <laughs> and presenting Bigfoot! <laughs> monster Jam! Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. So next, next question. We've got from Gary. Hey, no, we're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> Done. We're moving on. Video games are awesome. Monster truck voices are awesome, but we're moving on. All right. Uh, next question is from Gary Davis. Guys, if you could pick any car to do an epic burnout in, what would you pick? Grizzigar. Well, so here's my thing is I want, I want two answers from both of you. So I want your one answer to be an epic burnout in a car that can actually do an epic burnout. And then if no matter what car you picked, it would do a burnout, an epic one, what would you pick if it could be any car? Okay. So, so, so I, I want two. An epic burnout car that will actually do epic burnouts and then – any car you want to that you would like to see somebody do an epic burnout in? Well, the epic car is simple for me. Uh, fresh on my mind, SRT Hellcat. Oh, day, so... Every day. Blah! I mean, they even seen the video. They did a video about it. Uh, Dodge just released yeah. one. The two of them. 1,414 oh! horsepower. Oh! That just made that, – that changed my mind. I had other ones in mind like the Stingray, but that not done. That made my mind. Yeah. And one that I would like to – that isn't supposed to do it, but I'd like to see it do it. Um, my goodness, I don't even know. I guess maybe like a Geo Metro would be kind of cool. That would be hilarious. It's a Geo Metro just torching its rear tires. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Man, I remember when uh, when, shoe. I remember when it first came out, the uh, the Beetle, the new Beetle, you know, the, the girly one. Oh. Uh, I think it was Road and Track had a picture of one just smoking the front tires. Um, it was like on like the second or third page. And it was a whole page. It was just white smoke with a beetle coming out of it. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's cool. So, yeah, right? something like a Prius. I want to see a Prius do a smoky burnout. I couldn't get mine to do a smoky burnout, mostly because you can't – like, because, again, you have to do a voodoo dance to turn off traction control. Like, you have to – like, with the car off, you have to, like – Put the e-brake on, hit the power button twice, tap the gas twice, hit the power button, hold the brake, put it in neutral, tap the gas twice, hit the power button again, tap the gas twice, then turn the car on. And it's like some super – then like wave your arms and go, hoogity boogity to get the traction control to turn <laughs> See, off. My thing is like what if you live somewhere where it's snowy and you need to power up a hill? Like, Yeah, that's, that's actually how I found out about this is on the forums. There are people complaining like – by the way, I live where it snows, and my driveway is on a slope, so I can't get up the freaking driveway because when the tires start spinning, the power cuts out, and I just roll down the hill. Um, and that's how I found out about the freaky voodoo dance. But apparently Toyota doesn't care. 
because um, I guess if you call the dealership, they're not supposed to tell you about the fancy method, and you're just like, you don't have traction control off abilities, so walk home. Sucks for you, Toyota. Or buy a 4Runner. That's probably what to tell you. You should buy a 4Runner also. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, so uh, I guess, Mark, you're, you're going to stick with the Hellcat for your epic burnout car? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's hands down. Yeah, I just wrote the piece on that uh, on that uh, the double Hellcat burnout Video. thing. Oh, that's such oh. a cool I watched that like four times. <laughs> I just it's like the ultimate uh, distraction. I need that. I mean, like I could just imagine. Like I see that, and I just see just money just floating yeah. away, <laughs> and thinking about those Pirellis. Just oh yeah. So my my epic burnout car is is actually a little bit different than both of these guys. Um, one of my favorite cars that I'll probably never get to drive because they're so hard to find is the Lamborghini Gallardo Balboni Edition. So the Balboni Edition was a special one that they made for their chief test driver who was retiring, Valentino Balboni, also a great name for a Lamborghini test driver. Um, Valentino! Yeah, and he's like, they, they, they made him a car to his specs. So instead of an automatic and instead of all-wheel drive, it's rear-wheel drive only, and it's a manual transmission, and it still has that same 570-horsepower V10 that they put in the Superleggera. So um, I would love to hear that monster V10 just gurgle, bark, and wail that Lamborghini has, but you see the rear tires just spitting up smoke everywhere. Um, as for the weird car I'd like to see, um, I would love to see a Reliant Robin just sitting there with this one dinky front tire and just <laughs> fogging a whole neighborhood, just just fumigating the world with tire smoke. And, it's, and, and I, I want to see someone with, like, big, epic douchebag glasses just sitting in the front with one hand, just nodding his head as there's just smoke billowing everywhere. <laughs> wow. The oh, my gosh. I think that would just be the best, most ridiculous thing ever. Um, all right, so that's all we have for, for questions. We don't have any questions in the live live chat right now, so we're going to go ahead and move on to Own Drive Burn, and then we'll end the show. I'm sorry it's a little bit longer again, but we seem to be doing pretty good with hitting an hour and 15-minute target. That seems to be pretty pretty solid every time. Um, this Own Drive Burn is the absolute worst thing in the entire world. It comes to us from Dennis Taylor 79 And Dennis Taylor, I thank you for tuning into the podcast. I thank you for sending us your... You know, questions, your comments. I thank you for supplying us with no drive burn. But I also hope you stub your toe really hard today and it hurts extra bad. So, our three choices. We have a classic Porsche Carrera RS 2.7-911. We have a Ferrari 288 GTO. Or the achingly beautiful Lamborghini Miura. I'm going last. Well, I know my answer, so I'll go first. If please. <laughs> All right. So, you know, honestly, it's pretty easy for me. I, I, I don't know why. Um, burn. I'm gonna burn a Ferrari. I, you know, it's. I'm sure it's a great car, but it just doesn't look. It does not have that look, you know. But it's so, a GTO. I, yeah, mm-hmm. it just a little too Miami Vice for me. Um, the Mira is gonna be my um, drive once car. I just that car really does look good, but you know it just sometimes it burns to the ground, and I don't want that to happen with me if that's going to be my everyday driver car. So that's going to be the one I drive once, and then of course the the Porsche <clears throat> that's going to be my own every day, um, 
you know, I mean, just it it looks beautiful. It's reliable, decently, and it just I think it has all the the right the right stuff. Good picks. Uh, well, I've stroked over this for a while. Um, all three are awesome cards. All three were powerful for their era. All three are very exclusive. Um, but okay, so I had to pick. I'd have to burn the uh, Lamborghini. Sorry. I know you guys probably want to kill me for that, but I had to burn it because... I don't know what feet. happened. Justin's feet just cut out suddenly. <laughs> he totally was not set on fire. Well, so many people think it's it's an awesome car. I just... I, I It's awesome, yes. It's so pretty. It's so insanely powerful for its era, but I don't... It's not my style. I don't... It's the only reason care. we have mid-engine supercars today. Yeah, but it's not my style. Okay. Uh, the well, your true style isn't very nice. Uh, but the Ferrari, the Ferrari 288 GTO, I mean, it was like the inspiration for the F40. Without that, you wouldn't have the ultimate Ferrari. You know what I mean? It was the car that really started that whole thing. So I would have to drive that once. Someone's phone's beeping, by the way. <laughs> I'll drive that once. Um, the Porsche 911, just because it's timeless, you know. The, the 911, even to this day, still kind of resembles what it did back in the 70s. Um, I want to drive that every single day and just beat the piss out of it as often as I possibly could, just because I could. And the fact that it's a Porsche and it's ultimately reliable, like you said. Okay, so it's my turn. I, uh, you can just play the fifth and pass on it if you want. No, I can't, because that's against around. the rules. So, okay. Almost every decision I ever came to was me owning the 911 Carrera RS 2.7. It is one of my favorite Porsches of all time. It is one of the all-time classic 911s. Um, but then I started thinking about things, and I changed my mind. So I am going to own and drive every day the Lamborghini Miura because it is – the car that started supercars on the path that they are today. The reason we have cars like the 458 and the new Lamborghini Huracan and even the Audi R8 and to a certain extent things like the Porsche Cayman S, like all these mid-engine cars basically were birthed by the Lamborghini Miura. Um, it is stunningly beautiful to look at and if you've ever seen one in person it will change your idea about what good car design can be. So I would love to drive it around and let people experience that. Um, but I won't get to drive it very long, and we'll get to that in a second. So uh, the Ferrari 288 GTO um, is one of the great Ferraris. Uh, it did do a lot for moving Ferrari forward. Um, it was, at the time, one of only, I believe, two GTO-badged Ferraris that were actually homologation specials. It was designed to be a race car. Like It's fantastic, incredible, super fast, super powerful, super crazy. It's not the prettiest thing in the world, but it's cool and it's interesting, so I'd want to drive it once to have that experience. Um, and then I'm going to burn the 911 RS 2.7. The reason I'm going to burn it, the reason I'm going to burn it is because of the three cars we have here, there are more of those 911s than there are of the other two cars. So it's the least rare of the three. Um, and I'm actually going to request that when I burn the car that I am inside of it. <laughs> um, wow, so because, a little too much passion here. Well, because I don't want to have to live the rest of my life driving a Lamborghini Miura knowing that I set fire to and destroyed one of the greatest Porsches ever created. 
So I'll wait about a year. I'll drive the Mira around for a year being depressed because I know it's coming. I'll drive a two or a two eight eight GTO once and go woohoo Ferrari, and then I'll torch myself inside of the nine eleven so I don't have to live with what I've done. Ouch! So you you go from owning oh. all your all your scenarios, owning it, to then completely flipping it on on its lid to burning it. Right. Well, because again, like there there are more of it than all the other ones, and so if I have to remove a piece of great automotive history from the world. I want to remove the one that there are the most of, right? So, so like, does does that make sense? Yeah, it, it makes sense, but I, I mean, kinda... like, because well, because there are some of these really crazy cars, like you know the Ferrari Enzo. You know, there's what like 500 of those in existence. So, like, when it comes to you know lining up cars like that. If I'm stuck with one car that there's 500 of and it's incredible and amazing, and one car that there's 600 of and it's incredible and amazing, and then one car that there's 4,000 of and there's and it's incredible and amazing, I'm gonna burn one of the 4,000 because they're still gonna be out there. People are still gonna get to see them. People are still gonna get to experience them. And I'm not remove. It's it's like killing an endangered species versus a threatened species. Does that make sense? <laughs> okay. I don't know. Yeah, it was a tough one. Yeah, God, it was terrible. This is awful, awful, awful. And I, I vote that Dennis is in the car with you. When Ouch. I when I, when I, I burn it? Yes, yes. Dennis, we're going down in flames. <laughs> I'll let you wear the sunglasses. Yeah, burn the sunglasses too, please. <laughs> All right. You know what? These are another one of those sunglasses with the fancy Unity lenses that I'm testing. And, uh, like... There's still really good lenses, even though the sunglasses aren't that great. But, all right, anyways, so that was our show. We hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm sorry we ran over. I, you know what? One day, I, we'll probably hit an hour, maybe, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it's doubtful. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We appreciate it. As always, uh, we need your questions. We need your own drive burn suggestions. Uh, if we're doing anything wrong you want to see us to change, let us know if we're spending... Not enough time on news. Let us know. We're spending too much time on news. Let us know. Like anything that you want to see us change or add. If you want to hear a section about, a, if you want to see a section of us doing terrible Irish jigs, like throw it in the comments. We'll look <laughs> at it. Um, as always, thank you guys so much. Again, you can reach us in the comments. Uh, you can also reach us on Twitter at Top Speed Podcast. We do the follow back thing. So if you follow the Top Speed Podcast Twitter, we will follow you. Um, as always, you can find us on email, topspeed or podcast at topspeed.com. Uh, I am Christian Moe. You can find me on the Twitters at M-O-E-F-E-R-D. That is Moford. You can find Justin at the Car Junkie, and you can find Mark McNabb at Mark McNabb. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we're on iTunes if you want to find us there. Otherwise, have a wonderful Thursday. No, Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Have a wonderful Wednesday. <laughs> have a great week. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you guys next week. God. Oh wait, I no no con. <laughs> I forgot I've got to play music. Music. God. Uh, no, you know what? I'm muting Mark's microphone. Ha ha ha. All right. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>